What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. We've got another loaded podcast for you today. Previewing the weekend, the NFL, college football, everything you need to know, look no further. We got picks, we got storylines. Like I said, it's a loaded podcast. You're going to enjoy it. Here we go. is set up to be the best week for college football definitely so far but potentially for the entire season just all the hype going into all these games we're starting to kind of figure out who's good and who isn't and as I said there are a lot of games going on this week oh man I just I cannot wait to sit down on the couch from you know noon on Saturday until about midnight and eat all sorts of good food Maybe going to make some chili. I just, oh, I, I cannot wait. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic Saturday. So let's start at noon. The first big game to come on. We got number four ranked Florida State going on the road to Death Valley to take on Clemson. And coming into the season, this was set up to be an absolutely great game with a lot of hype. Okay, this was supposed to be the game that decided who was going to win the ACC. And then Clemson comes out week one, decides to ruin all of it, and lose to Duke. Not only lose to Duke, but get absolutely trounced by Duke. Okay, and because of that, this game has lost some of its luster that it had coming into the season. Now, it's still a big game, okay? It's still Clemson. They are talented. We know how good this Florida State team is, okay? And here's the thing. Clemson is still the top dog of the ACC, Clemson still thinks that they're the top dog in the ACC. And until someone comes in and rips the crown off of their head, Clemson is the top dog in the ACC. Florida State is favored in this game only by two and a half. Okay, so the line isn't anything crazy. The guys in Vegas aren't saying, hey, Florida State, clearly the better football team here. Okay, they are not saying that at all. Now, I'll be honest. I like Florida State to win and cover, but... Clemson has bounced back pretty well after their loss against Duke. They blew out the two cupcakes that they had on their schedule. Okay, but Florida State is the better team with the better coach. There's no way to deny that. Okay, and people are concerned about Florida State after their week three win over Boston College. They went 31 to 29. Boston College had them on the ropes. If it wasn't for a face mask penalty, Boston College then gets the ball back and maybe they march it down the field. They get into field goal range and they beat Florida State. That was very possible. It didn't happen. Okay. And I'll be honest, you shouldn't be concerned with this Florida State team after that game. Because ever since the schedule came out, Florida State had this Clemson game circled. They had it circled coming into the season. Okay, They were looking ahead to this game last week. That's why they struggled. They went on the road. They played a conference opponent. Those games are always tough, no matter what conference you're in, no matter who you're playing against. To go on the road and play against a conference opponent, like those games are always tough. Florida State got caught looking ahead, so they didn't play super great. But now all their focus can be totally on Clemson, as it has been for probably too long. Okay? And they're going to be able to march into Death Valley, and they're going to come out with a win. I think they're going to beat Clemson pretty handily. Florida State is just, they're such a complete team. 
I think that of all the teams that we've watched this year that have played against legitimate opponents, they look the most complete. In turn, on both sides of the ball, Jordan Travis, fantastic starting quarterback, guy who's probably going to compete for the Heisman. I like head coach Mike Norvell, really smart guy, an offensive genius, maybe not genius, but a really good offensive coach for college football. The defense, um, verse, he's going to be you know a top 10 pick coming off the edge. I mean, this team, they've got dudes. They have dudes. I'm just saying. I really like this Florida State team. Clemson, we'll see. We know that they're going to be up for the big game. Um, we'll see the adjustments that they've made from the Duke game to the Florida State game now that they're actually playing a legit opponent. Um, we'll see how it goes. I'm really excited for it. Once again, I like Florida State to beat Clemson 35-24. That Therefore, Florida State covers the 2.5-point spread, and this game hits the over, which is set at 55.5 all of our um, all of our gambling numbers here are brought to you by FanDuel. If you're going to bet, bet on FanDuel. Moving on, Pac-12. So many big Pac-12 games this week. Can't wait. Colorado goes on the road to take on Oregon. And look, I said it earlier in the week. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, Shadur Sanders, Shiloh Sanders, the Colorado Buffs. They are the biggest story in college football. In a year where Alabama appears to be heading off the cliff and Ohio State can't figure out what they're doing at quarterback and Florida State is back, the biggest story is Colorado, which says a lot about how much people admire this team and how badly they want to see either Deion Sanders succeed or fail, depending on whether or not you like him. Okay, People have been into this Colorado team since before the season even started, and they've been the best entertainment in all of college football through the first three weeks of the season. But i got to be honest with you, Saturday will not be entertaining. Oregon should absolutely handle Colorado. I mean, they should run them out of the building, especially since Travis Hunter, the guy who would be the best player on the field, isn't playing on Saturday. Okay, He got hurt in the Colorado State game, took the dirty hit, You know it. You've heard about it. Let's move off of that. Even though I think Oregon wins this game handily, I do believe that Colorado is going to cover the 21 points. Okay, Because that's a lot of points, especially when you have a guy like Shadur Sanders playing quarterback. Colorado is going to put up points. But without Hunter, I expect Bo Nix and this Oregon offense to have their way with this Colorado defense. And if you've read or listened to anything that I've done you know, on the radio, on the podcast, or as I said, if, if you read the Substack, um, then you know how I feel about Dan Lanning, Oregon head coach, one of the best defensive minds in the country when it comes to college football. Uh, they should be able to get enough stops to win by, I'm thinking, around 17 points. I like Oregon winning this game 45-28, and that will also hit the over of 70.5. So look, we keep it fun here. We're going to tell you to bet as many overs as we can here at Shooting the Schmitz, because who wants to root for the under? Absolutely nobody. Moving on to the next game. Big SEC game this week. We got Ole Miss taking on Alabama. Ole Miss going into Tuscaloosa. Alabama favored by seven points in this one over under set at 55 and a half. The line is so interesting. Seven points in favor of Alabama. And I just, oh man, I remember sitting when I was looking at the numbers last night or two nights ago. I was like, seven? Mm, really? That feels a bit high given everything we've seen from Alabama so far. And the 55.5, that feels a little bit low given 
who is playing in this game, given that it's Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. In order for Alabama to win this game, they're going to have to score points because we know Ole Miss and Jackson Dart and Lane Kiffin are going to. Okay, Joe Milrow is going to be the starter for Alabama. Nick Saban came out and said that he's going to be the guy this week. So I like the talent at the quarterback spot for Alabama. I think Milrow's the most talented quarterback that they have on the roster, but he's not the best decision maker. And that's the concern. Is he going to turn the ball over? Can he hit the big throws? We saw him miss a few in the Texas game. And I'm telling you right now, if Milrow turns the ball over two times, like, like he did against Texas, against Ole Miss, then Alabama could get blown out of the water. If they can keep possession, though, if Milrow can make the easy play and not turn the football over, then this should be a really good, really tight game. I'm going to take Ole Miss to cover the seven points. Part of me really wants to take them to win outright, but I'm going to play it safe because it's tough to go into Tuscaloosa and win football games, and I've said it ever since the season started. Don't bet against Nick Saban. This man's going to figure it out. Okay, every time we think Alabama's on the decline, they come back the following year, and they win a national championship. Okay, that's who this guy is. So I'm very cautious. I'm not going to take Ole Miss outright. I really want to, though. But I am going to take them to cover Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Points are going to be scored in this game, but Ole Miss probably won't play any defense because it's Lane Kiffin. So I'm going to take Alabama to win a close one, 38-34, that easily clears the over of 55-and-a-half. Moving on, UCLA, Utah, another big Pac-12 matchup. I think all these games are in, are in the 330 slot as well. So shout-out to YouTube TV for the uh, the split-screen watching. This is another intriguing Pac-12 game, okay? Uh, it's another tough pick for me. I love Chip Kelly. He always figures out a way to score points. This Utah defense has played really well through three games. And it, this game is so hard to pick. And part of why it's tough to pick games this week is because some teams have gone out and played legitimate opponents. Some teams have already played a conference game. Meanwhile, teams like UCLA have played three cupcakes. That's what UCLA's done. They haven't played any tough games. Even though they've handled everybody in those games, they've done what they should have done to those teams. They've won pretty handily. Meanwhile, Utah hasn't played anyone super tough yet either. Uh, Florida looks good, but look, traveling is really hard, like going from Florida to Utah, like that's weird. We saw what happened when Utah had to travel to Florida. So I don't really know how to kind of judge that game. Sure, Utah beat Baylor, Baylor's Power 5 team, but they weren't expected to lose either one of those games, and neither one of those games were expected to be close. So it's a conference game. So these teams, they know each other really well. I like UCLA to cover the four and a half points. I think Utah wins the game, though, 28-24 which falls just below the line of 52.5 points. So I'm taking the under here as well. I think what it ultimately comes down to is Utah's style of play. They want to play slow. They want to play good defense. They want to run the football. And I just don't know if there's going to be enough time in the game because UCLA, they like to run the ball as well. I just don't know if there's going to be enough time in the game for Utah to build a big lead, especially with how slow they play on offense compared to other teams across college football. So because of that, Utah wins 28-24, UCLA covers the 4.5 points, and it falls just below the just below the line of 52.5 for the over-under. Moving on, another big Pac-12 game. Oregon State goes on the road to take on Washington State. Oregon State only favored by 2.5 in this one. The over-under set at 57.5. 
This is another ranked Pac-12 matchup. Jonathan Smith, head coach at Oregon State, not me, has built a really good football program in Corvallis. It's been really impressive. Washington State has bounced back after Mike Leach left to go to Mississippi State. God rest his soul. But this might be the easiest pick of the weekend. Oregon State, I think, is vastly underrated. They should handle Washington State pretty easily. I think they went big. They cover the two and a half pretty easily. 45-21. Oregon State puts it on Washington State. Easily covers the 57 and a half points as well. Pac-12 after dark. This is going to be a shootout. I believe this is the Pac-12 after dark game. Let me let me double check that. But uh, it starts at seven. So I guess yeah, we'll we'll call it Pac-12 after dark since it starts at seven. Um, I'm actually no. Pac-12 after dark this week is California and Washington. Uh, games at 10:30. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to take Oregon State to absolutely lay it on Washington State. Next game, Ohio State. Goes on the road to South Bend to take to take on Notre Dame. Ohio State favored by three and a half in this one. This is the game of the week. This is the game that everybody has circled. Ohio State looks down. Kyle McCord has finally been named the starter, but you know he looked good last week against Western Kentucky. But outside of that, he hasn't really looked great. He didn't look great against IU, who's not as good as Notre Dame. Okay. Meanwhile, Sam Hartman. Looks like the guy at Notre Dame. For the first time in a really long time, Notre Dame is going into this game against a perennial powerhouse, and I feel like they can win. Ohio State has issues at the quarterback position, as I've already highlighted. I still don't know if I like McCord. I just I, I don't really know what to think. Meanwhile, I know what I think about Sam Hartman. I know what I think about these Notre Dame running backs, what, who I really like. I really like Notre Dame's tight ends. I just, I like Notre Dame. I think they beat Ohio State outright. They definitely cover the three and a half. I think Notre Dame wins 35 31. That'll also hit the over, set at 55 and a half points. I like this Notre Dame team. I think they do it. I think they shock the world because you know nobody's giving them a chance because reputations matter. And Notre Dame's reputation is in these top 10 matchups, they lose since 1994, I believe. They are four and seventeen in top ten matchups. Okay, four and seventeen. They have an opportunity here to change the narrative a little bit by beating this Ohio State team. Okay, it's a great opportunity for them. We will see how it goes. I've got one more game that I'm betting on this week, and then we'll get into the final big game of the week, which is Iowa and Penn State. But before we get into that, Arkansas going on the road to take on LSU. This line is absurd. This line is absolute disrespect towards the Arkansas Razorbacks. Okay, there's no other way to describe it. Okay, 17 and a half. LSU is favored by 17 and a half points. Okay, I'm telling you right now, I'm not picking Arkansas to win this game. I'm also not picking Arkansas games every week because I don't like picking the teams that I that I naturally root for, okay? But because this is my favorite team, and because I sit down and I watch this game every single year, and every single year it gives us a fantastic three hours of SEC football, I have to take Arkansas on these 17.5 points. There's no way they get blown out. Okay, Arkansas always plays LSU tough. It always happens. Okay, Arkansas got embarrassed at home last week. They're going to bounce back. I think 
that had a very similar experience as what Florida State had. They were looking ahead, and they got caught lacking by a good BYU football team. Okay, And I know people are really high on LSU right now, given Jaden Daniels' performance against Mississippi State, but I don't think he can do that again. I don't think he can throw the football that well again. Okay, I think LSU wins, but Arkansas covers the 17.5. LSU wins the game 34-24, to and they hit the over on the 54.5 points. Now, the final game of the week, uh, didn't bet this one, probably could have. I'm not going to say should have, but... De- de- definitely could have. Um, uh, Penn State taking on Iowa. This Iowa defense we know is going to show up. We know they're going to be tough. Um, but get, th- That being said, Penn State still favored by 14.5 points. Penn State should win this game. They are simply way better than Iowa is on offense. Um, and Penn State's defense is pretty darn good as well. Penn State should should win this game. Pretty handily. Wouldn't surprise me if they covered the 14.5. If you can get it at 14 even somewhere, I would probably take that number instead. So those are the big games for college football this week. This is what I expect to happen. Cannot wait to get into it. Uh, It's almost here. I am, ooh, Saturday. Going to be a great day. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get into the NFL weekend. Everything coming up for those games, and I've got five picks for the NFL weekend as well. Thursday Night Football tonight as well, of course. Got to get into that. Giants, 49ers, that's what we're going to lead off with. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt NFL weekend. The NFL week starts tonight. New York Giants going on the road to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I I am betting this game. One of my good buddies, Zach Gray, he and I are on opposite sides to this thing. He posts all of his picks on Twitter. Uh, he's off to a really good start this year. You can check him out at ZG, the T-H-A, the grape, grape vine. excuse me. Uh, like I said, he went like 15-5 and five last week. Guy really knows what he's talking about. You can get all of his picks on his Patreon as well. But we're on opposite sides here. Okay, he likes the 49ers at minus 9.5. I got the Giants. I was able to get the line at plus 10.5. So here's... The scenario of this, okay, the struggling Giants that nobody believes in after these first two weeks are heading to San Francisco without their best player, Saquon Barkley, on a short week. Okay, the teams couldn't look any different. Our expectations for the two teams couldn't be any different. Meanwhile, the 49ers have looked like one of the best teams in the in the NFL. In my opinion, they're the best team in the NFC. Okay. Meanwhile, the Giants needed a miraculous comeback to beat the Arizona Cardinals last week. But I'm taking the Giants, as I said, plus 10.5. Through two weeks, there have only been 10 games decided by 10 points or more. Blowouts do not happen in the NFL very often, okay? especially in primetime games when players know that they're being watched by everybody. Brian Dable is also a good head coach. Why are we all of a sudden turning on Brian Dable like he's not going to figure this out after we spoke of him so highly last year as an NFL-watching community? Seriously. He's going to figure it out. They don't need Saquon Barkley, okay? Cool. Their running back isn't playing. Do you know how many teams bounce back after their starting running back gets hurt? Almost all of them because they grow on trees and they aren't that hard to replace. Okay, Saquon Barkley is not what makes this engine go. It is Brian Dable and his ability to get Daniel Jones in comfortable spots where he can make plays. Okay? 
Brian Dabble's a good head coach. He's going to get this thing turned around. The 49ers win tonight, but the Giants cover the 10.5 with the final score being 28-20. to That'll hit the over, which is set at 44. Now, let's get into Sunday's games. Um, I'm just going to start at the top here, and we'll, we'll work our way down through through the time slots. 1 o'clock time slot, Tennessee going on the road to take on Cleveland. I'm really intrigued by this game because Tennessee is such an interesting case. They come out week one, they look absolutely horrendous, and then they come out week two and they beat the Chargers in overtime. Maybe it's just because they were playing the Chargers, and the Chargers just love to lose any, every, and all games whenever they can, and just however they want to, in just bizarre fashions. Um, Now they're going on the road to take on Cleveland. I really like this Cleveland team. This is really why I'm intrigued by this game. No Nick Chubb, but they bring in Kareem Hunt, a guy who knows the offense, a guy who was there, I believe, last year. But he's been in Cleveland for multiple years now, so they should be fine in terms of running the football. Deshaun Watson, though, I think this is what makes the game interesting. He hasn't been great. He's been bad, okay? And they're having to take on Mike Vrabel, who you know is going to be ready for them. Okay, Tennessee doesn't have any big names on their defense, but they come out prepared every single week. That's the Mike Vrabel effect. He prepares his teams as well as, if not better than, anybody else in the NFL. It's almost like he's from the Bill Belichick coaching tree. <laughs> he played under him. He knows how to prepare. And he, this Tennessee Titans team, they're prepared week in and week out. But I do think Cleveland is more talented. So I'm very intrigued to see how the Deshaun Watson-led Browns offense does against this Tennessee defense that we know is going to be well-prepped. And I'm interested to see how Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry deal with this loaded talent-wise defense of Cleveland. I mean, Darius Smith on one side, Miles Garrett on the other, Ward playing corner. He's had a great year so far. Really intrigued by this game. Should be a good one. Atlanta goes on the road to take on Detroit. Detroit's just fun to watch. You should tune in, tune into this game. I'm hoping they'll get Jameer Gibbs a little bit more involved on the on on offense. I'd like to see the ball in his hands. It seems every time he touches the ball, something good happens. Jared Goff finally threw a pick last week. They really should have won last week against the Seahawks, but hey, it happens. Um, you know, sometimes your quarterback throws a pick six in a bad spot. I expect them to bounce back this week. I want to continue watching Atlanta. Atlanta and Green Bay are two of just the most fascinating teams in the NFL this year. We're two weeks into the season. I have no idea if they're good or not. I don't know what I think about Desmond Ritter. I think I know. I think he's not very good, but I'm not entirely sure. You know. Um, meanwhile, in Green Bay, who's set to play New Orleans this week, it's the exact same thing. Like I, except it's kind of flipped. I think Jordan Love is good, but like I really don't know. Right, And I, I think Matt LaFleur is a good coach, and I think Arthur Smith is a good coach, but I have no idea. And so watching these two teams play this week, Atlanta going on the road to Detroit, Green Bay hosting New Orleans, it should be a lot of fun watching both of those games. New Orleans kind of in a similar boat. It's like I like the players that you have, but you haven't really wowed me yet. Derek Carr hasn't been great. I'm interested to see how this New Orleans offense continues to progress because that New Orleans Saints defense is legit. Moving on, Denver at Miami. This is one of the games that I that I bet on this week. Um, I'm taking Miami minus six and a half. I like the Dolphins to run the Broncos out of the building. Okay, these are two of the best offenses in the league in terms of their percentage of drives that have ended in touchdowns this year. 
Broncos, number one at 35%. Dolphins, number three at like 32%. Okay, these two teams score touchdowns. I expect for points to be put up in this game. I mean, it's Sean Payton. It's Mike McDaniel, two of the best offensive minds that we have in the NFL going head-to-head. Here's where I like the Dolphins, though. Denver is coming from a mild climate to South Beach in September. Okay? Do you guys remember the Bills game last year where the Bills players were passing out and cramping, and it was just not a great sight if you were a Bills fan. And even though they had the ball for 40 minutes, the Dolphins still won. It was incredible. Okay? I think that at the, at the end of the first half, this game's going to be close. But in the second half, the Dolphins are going to pull away as the Broncos begin to run out of gas and that Florida humidity begins to take over. I'd like the Dolphins to win and cover the 6.5, 35-24. That also means I'm taking the over on total points, which is set at 48.5. Once again, really like this Miami Dolphins team. As a Dolphins fan, I don't want to proclaim them as the best team in the NFL, even though I really, really want to. <laughs> But we need to see a little bit more, okay? The Dolphins, they did this last year, right? They come out, they win their first four games. We're like, oh my goodness, Tua, Mike McDaniel. Like, oh my goodness, this offense. And then they played the 49ers, Tua got hurt. It just all went downhill from there, right? Teams adjusted to what they were doing. Maybe this happens again, okay? Mike McDaniel clearly made some adjustments in the offseason, right? But, you know, defenses, they're going to adjust throughout the season once they kind of figure out what Miami's doing on offense and how to combat all the motion and different things that they do, it'll be interesting to see how how they adjust during the season, right, from week to week. Moving on, the next 1 o'clock game. Los Angeles goes on the road to take on Minnesota. Minnesota was originally favored in this game. That has now flipped. Last time I checked, Los Angeles now favored by 1.5. So Vegas likes Minnesota. The people like the Chargers. I don't know who to pick. Uh, like in this game, I just these are two teams who you would think just don't want to win football games, given how their games go. They both just find ways to lose, right? So, I mean, look, I'm intrigued by this game because they're both 0-2. They both probably feel like they have the talent to make the playoffs. I know the Chargers do. If the Chargers don't make the playoffs, I mean, it's pretty insane. Um, whenever we look at just the Chargers as a whole, just that's arguably the most talented roster in the NFL. If they don't make the playoffs, it's going to be insane. But Chargers, Minnesota, it's going to be interesting to see who can mess that game up the most. Moving on, we got we got a divisional matchup here. New England going on the road to take on New York. This game's going to be ugly. The final score of this game is going to be like 13-10. to 10. Okay, we know New York's defense is awesome. We also know that they're playing Zach Wilson at quarterback. So, Bill Belichick taking on Zach Wilson. Give me the Patriots in that one. Buffalo taking on the Commanders. This is another game that I that I put, that I put a bet on. Um, Bills, Commanders, Buffalo favored by 6.5, over-under set at 43.5. So intrigued by this game because when you look at the skill positions, how do you not take the Bills? They have the better quarterback. They have the best receiver. They got multiple running backs. They have more playmakers on defense. But I'm taking the Commanders to cover. Not convinced that this Bills offensive line can block this commander's front four. I mean, with Chase Young back, coming off the edge for the commanders, they get after the quarterback as well as, if not better than, anyone else in the NFL. Okay, Josh Allen obviously has the ability to extend plays and turn nothing into something. Like, that's great. But we've also seen him turn nothing 
into an interception. We saw them turn nothing into three interceptions week one when they played the Jets in that awesome defense. So I expect the, com- the commanders to be in his face all game. Eric Bieniemy has shown us through two weeks that he can score enough with Sam Howell to keep these games close. Plus, I like taking home underdogs. So the Bills win this game. Commanders cover the 6.5, though, 24-21. That final score just barely nudges it to hit the over, which is set at 43.5 total points. Moving on here to the next game. Uh, two more 1 o'clock games left. Houston going on the road to Jacksonville. Jacksonville should absolutely crush Houston. Done. We're going to move on. Indianapolis goes on the road to Baltimore. This is another game that I bet. I'm, I'm taking the Colts plus 7.5 here. Okay, this is very similar to the 49ers-Giants game. 7.5, that's a lot of points to cover in the NFL, especially given the play style of these two football teams. As of right now, Anthony Richardson still trying to recover from the concussion so he can play on Sunday. If he does play, this offense is going to be very run-centric. They're going to shorten the game. If Gardner Minshew plays, then the best quarterback on the Colts roster is going to play. Okay, we know that the Ravens are going to run the football. Because of that, I don't think there's going to be enough time in this game for the Ravens to really build a big lead. I think there's a really high chance that the Colts score a touchdown late for a backdoor cover. That's kind of how I see this game going, okay? I like for this game to be short, low scoring. I also like for this Colts team, who's looked good through these first two weeks, to play well going on the road to Baltimore. I think the Ravens win, but the Colts cover the 7.5 with a final score of 24-20. to Sadly, I bet the under here, sorry for being the guy who's rooting for less scoring. Moving on to the 405, 425 slots. Carolina is taking on Seattle. Only intrigue on this game is I want to watch Bryce Young. I want to see what he develops into. Seattle should handle the Panthers pretty easily. Next, Chicago Chicago goes on the road to Kansas City. Kansas City should absolutely crush Chicago. That game shouldn't be close. Dallas going on the road to Arizona. Shouldn't be close, okay? Dallas could pitch another shutout against the Cardinals because I have no faith in Josh Dobbs. Moving on, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, Sunday Night Football. The Raiders are favored here, which I cannot believe. Can't believe it, okay? Coming into the season, the Lions got all this hype because they went like 6-1 and one down the stretch, and people just love the Lions. Oh, I love the Lions. Lions, NFC, Dark Horse, Super Bowl, all that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, the Steelers also finished 6-1, and one, and nobody has said a word about them. Okay, and then I get on to FanDuel, and they're like, hey, Raiders, minus 2.5, whatever. I am genuinely perplexed as to why the Raiders are favored in this game. Okay, the Steelers' offense, I understand, looked rough on Monday night, but the Browns have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Okay, the Steelers only managed to score 12 points on offense, but they should be much better against a not-so-great Raiders defense. They also only managed to score seven points against the 49ers, who, once again, have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Okay, I also like the Steelers to really get after Jimmy G, make his life tough, make his life miserable. T.J. Watt looks great to start the season, already has four sacks through two games. I expect that to continue on Sunday night. Let me be clear here. I am not picking the Steelers because of their offense. I am picking them because of their defense. I expect them to force a couple turnovers, give Kenny Pickett the ball in good field position, and let the offense go from there. Okay, I like the Steelers to win this game outright 23-20. That gives us a push on the over-under total. If you want to bet the over-under line for some reason, take the I. if you want to like have fun, I would take the over because it's way more fun rooting for that. 
But if you want, but if it was me, I would take the under, just because the Steelers' offense hasn't looked great, and we know how good this Steelers' defense is. Moving on to our Monday night games, they're doing two games again. I was, I don't mind it. I know a lot of people aren't fans of the two Monday night games. I personally enjoy it. Um, I just, you know, it puts more teams on in prime time. You know, it's more football. If one game's bad, I can flip over to the other. I personally like it. Anyway, moving on. Philadelphia going on the road to take on Tampa Bay. Philadelphia should win this game, even though Tampa Bay has impressed so far through the season. Baker Mayfield looks good as the starting quarterback. Tampa Bay has some talent on that roster as well. But I like Philly to win. They're the better team. I expect Jalen Hurts to play well. I want to see if the Eagles can figure out the passing attack through two games. Jalen Hurts hasn't thrown for over 200 yards, and Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are way too good of football players to not figure out ways to get the ball in their hands. Next, final game of the week, Monday Night Football. Los Angeles, the Rams, traveling to Cincinnati. Doesn't look like Joe Burrow's playing um, just with the way that the line has moved, I think Vegas is assuming that Joe Burrow's going to be out this week. I really like this Los Angeles team. I was high on them coming into the season. Once again, if you read my Substack, Shooting the Schmidt, you can also just search Jonathan's Substack and it'll probably pop up. Um, if you, uh, yeah, if you go back and you read my stuff, I look Sean McVay, fantastic coach. Okay, one of the best in the NFL, and it's like we forgot this offseason. Okay, he's got Matthew Stafford. Okay, if you have a good quarterback, which Matthew Stafford is, and a good head coach, then you can and you will win football games. What also helps is when you have Aaron Donald playing defensive tackle for you. Okay, the Rams, they're figuring out ways to win. They're figuring out ways to score points. I thought they played well against the 49ers last week. Just the pure amount of talent that the 49ers had wore them out, and you could see it in the fourth quarter. But I'm telling you, Sean McVay and the Rams, they're good. They are a tough out. I think they go on the road, and they beat the Bengals, especially if Joe Burrow does not play. That's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. A lot going on this weekend. I cannot wait until Monday to break down the college football that's going to happen this weekend, and I can't wait till Tuesday to break down all the NFL stuff that's going to happen this weekend. It's going to be great. Once again, Giants tonight, plus 10.5. Get it, lock it in, let's go. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. I appreciate it, and I will talk to you guys again on Monday.